You know, it might be the time to give up on music genres. At least uh, I'm one of these people, you know, back in the day, if you loved rock, you couldn't love anything else. You couldn't love folk music. You couldn't like classical music. It's like people said, oh, you're a rock person. Good for you. I'm going to hang with you. Or you love classical? Well, let's go have a tea somewhere. You know, there's that kind of stuff. But there's been a shift. Perhaps maybe we can embrace everything. Well, uh, let's have this discussion with Alan Cross, who's a music historian and host of The Ongoing History of New Music. Hello, Alan. Hello. Am I unusual? Because I was taking a look at my Spotify rap rankings this uh, past week for the year 2023, and I noticed that Bob Marley, Tom Petty, Tony Bennett, and Mozart are all battling it out for my top spot. I like everything. Is there something wrong with me? No, you have finally evolved into what uh, millennials and Gen Zs have, have been have known for years. The years ago, we used to be extremely tribal when it came to our musical tastes, and that was uh, by 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 design because we use music when we're young to determine who we are, to figure out who we are. Once that starts coming together, we then use music to demonstrate who we are to the rest of the world. So you're a punk kid, you're a country kid, you're a pop kid, a goth kid, metal kid, you know, whatever. And that music becomes the music of your life for the rest of your life. Uh, that was in an era of artificial scarcity. We were only given so much music by radio and video channels and, and record stores and record labels and music magazines. So we it was very easy to pick a lane. And when we picked a lane, we tend to tend to we stick with it. Yeah. And then we found friends within that lane. And then that became our tribe. Now, everything's different because everybody's got a smartphone. Everybody has access to somewhere between 110 and 120 million songs. And people are just too too happy to sample everything. Yeah. Why stay in a lane when you could have the entire buffet? Well, you're right, and a lot of it is based on my mood. For example, around our place, I'm uh, I'm getting it from the 17-year-old about the fact that one day it might be Beastie Boys on. The next thing you know, I'm listening to the Boston Pops. You never know, right? You just it. I, I guess I'm just tired of this stigma that I have to be this way. I can be everything. Yeah, and I think that's that's actually quite healthy, rather than restrict yourself to a, a narrow genre. People are are into music for you know, different things. It's music for a mood, music for an occasion, music for an activity. You know, those three things really are, are determining or driving what we're listening to these days. And because we can listen to anything, a lot of us are. Uh, I did some teaching at a college here in Toronto, and I was fascinated when I asked people in the class, and they're about 22, 23, right. read me the last 10, 10 songs that you played off your uh, off your phone. Okay, it was Justin Bieber, Drake, Nicki Minaj, Doja Cat, ACDC. Uh, yeah. Taylor Taylor Swift, Iron Maiden. Uh, something else, something else, something else. Billie Holiday. Wow. So it's, it's, they are, you know, and it was, was, everybody was slightly different, but the overall result of that study was uh, they, they had an extraordinarily ecumenical view of what good music was. It wasn't a genre. 
it wasn't even a single act. It was a single song that fit their mood, their activity, or their event at that moment. Well, here, here's a question for you. I, I was uh, laughing because as I looked at that Spotify wrapped rankings, I noticed that I had like 63 playlists. I have them individually by artists, but I had 63 playlists, like one would be uh, I'm mowing the lawn and I would have a bunch of music on there and there would be another activity and I would have another playlist for my mood that day. So genres are kind of going away and it's all about mood. Is that is that how I'm reading this? It's a, individual songs and, and what you want for that moment or for, you know, for that activity or for that mood. Um, it, it's not like in the old days where, you know, we would go buy a CD, put it in our Sony Discman, yeah, and that would be whatever was on that CD, that would be our soundtrack for whatever we were doing. Uh-uh, not anymore. Right. And it's, it's uh, be, because young people today are growing up with their parents' music, and they realize that their parents' music sounds pretty good, unlike maybe when we grew up, we wouldn't have anything to do with our parents' music because it was old. Yes. Um, and, and that's actually another thing. So we can sit here and listen to Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit from mm-hmm. 1991, and it still sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday. Sure. If we were transport ourselves back to 1991, would we be listening to any music that was 32 years old then? Uh, no. Highly unlikely. You're right. Yeah, it sounded old. Uh, rock and roll had not uh, evolved. There, there, there were no Marshall stacks. There were no fuzz pedals. There were no synthesizers. There were none of those things. So it had a sound, but uh, that, that branded it as old. However, about 1969, 1970, recording studio technology really got good. So that anything that was recorded from then still sounds like it could have been recorded yesterday. So that flattened that that idea of, of old music sounding old. Now, is that, of course, I'm a baby boomer and I'm a late baby boomer, but I, so I'm very picky uh, about the sound, but I have a 17 year old who isn't picky at all. He loves that stuff from the 70s and the 80s, even the 90s. It's amazing to me. It's crazy. Yeah, and he grew up living with you. Oh, and- yeah. What what uh, whatever you were listening to rubbed off on him. Uh, and again, you know, when when I was growing up, uh, I, I would have nothing to do with my parents' music because it was awful and it didn't speak to me. And it it was you know quiet and had no energy. Uh, you you grew up with the music that I did, and you imparted that to the boy, and the boy realizes that y- you have pretty good musical taste because that music speaks to him as a 17-year-old as I well know. as you as, you know, as an older guy. Hey, but <laughs> certain vintage, I like to use that word. Hey, the, uh, Me before, too. Before we let you go here, of your parents' music now, is there something that you maybe quietly liked? Absolutely not. There <laughs> okay. is nothing. My, my dad liked old, old, uh, old country. My mom liked Engelbert Humperdinck and the Merriman from Barbados. Gotcha. So, <laughs> okay. Hey, Alan, if somebody wants to hear what you're talking about, how can they track you down? Do my uh, website, a journal of musical things.com. And I have a brand new podcast yep. called Uncharted. Okay. Uh, crime and mayhem in the music industry. It's a it's a true crime and music podcast. Episode number four just came out yesterday. Thanks for your time today. Always great talking music with you. You bet. Anytime. Okay, there we go. Enjoyed that. Alan Cross, music historian.